You know, it's interesting. Before I uh, got here this morning, I was thinking of uh, bipartisanship, and I look back at my business career, and I can remember uh, part of the growth of my business was a partner of mine, and it just shows you, because I've always said, I've often said, it doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat, it's really important that you're able to work together for a common goal. So one of my business partners, whom we were very successful in, um, after I had started in Congress, I started to look at who he was really uh, supporting, and I realized that he was sending hundreds of thousands of dollars checks to Democrats. And I tell you that because it's so important to show you that I never even knew he was a Democrat. But as a Republican and a Democrat working together, we were able to forge an alliance with a common goal to make a business very successful. And I think that's probably the most important thing I can tell you that I learned coming to, to Washington. So when I got here, uh, and I first got involved in uh, hearings with financial services at the Financial Service Committee. I'll never forget that I sat there and I listened uh, to many of the uh, <clears throat> remarks, which we call opening statements. And it seemed like, ultimately, the opening statements were nothing but barbs being thrown back and forth across the aisle between Republicans and Democrats. And I said to myself, you know what, this is not something I really want to be part of. So I never did an opening statement. And I just told my staff, forget opening statements, I'm not going to do them, because I really don't believe in them. And at one point in time, in one of the hearings, I basically read what the purpose of the hearing was, because you know by the time they got to me, they had already thrown enough barbs back and forth. I read, I read what the purpose of the hearing was, and I says, look, we're here really, I thought we were here to listen to the witnesses and get their input on really the, the concept of what was going on. And that's really what brought uh, John and I together, because I'll never forget the day John walked over to me and said, you know, I noticed that you really you know, aren't one of the people that throw hand grenades or whatever the way he approached me about that and said, but you're one of the guys that really wants to get some class. And that started a relationship that is really, um, I consider John a friend, I consider a, a good friend, close friend, and an ally. Um, even though he's on the other side of the aisle. And uh, together, we have been able to uh, uh, form the Bipartisan Working Group. Uh, some of the members are here. Uh, Congressman Meehan's here. Uh, Congressman Owen's back there. We're all um, here. And uh, we will continue to grow this bipartisan group uh, based on this idea that as long as we have a common goal, we should be able to work together to get something accomplished. And I think that's so important. We have, uh, uh, John and I introduced uh, the, this Flexibility Act, which is really part of a, uh, a follow-up to uh, a, something we called the uh, Employee Act, which was part of the bipartisan group. And uh, the Employee Act was a bill that uh, basically said, let's let's start to look at the, the people that are unemployed and let's figure out a way for businesses. And this was an idea I always thought when I was in business, it sure would be great if um, I was able to get some assistance when I trained people. And there were so many unemployed people walking into my business saying, I'd like to have a job with you. And then when they found out, um, and they were on the long-term 99-week unemployment, they would say, um, well, what's it pay? And I'd tell them, and they go, well, that's okay. Um, I'll come back in you know, 55 weeks. And I thought this was a little bit ridiculous. We should be training these people and using those dollars. So that's where the kind of the idea came up. It was brought before the uh, uh, bipartisan group. John uh, 
agreed with it, and uh, and many of the other members agreed with it. We moved it forward. It became part of the uh, uh, what was the 2012 uh, act. It's one of the extensions, right? Of right. Plan and then ultimately, what we passed just recently, what John and I just signed on to, we found out that the states were not really um, able to move forward on using unemployment dollars. Because what this, this did is allowed unemployment dollars to be used for training. And the states were having such a difficult time that we, we had a number of meetings with uh, representatives from the administration, representatives from the states. We started realizing there were some flaws in it, and that's the bill um, that we just uh, introduced to try and eliminate some of those flaws so that unemployment dollars could be used. And uh, again, that's just not one of the things. We're working on a number of issues together. I'll let John talk about some of those. But um, it, is, uh, it has been a great relationship getting to know John and working with John. But again, I put that all the way back to my days in business. As long as we have a common goal, we may disagree on how to get there in some cases, but if we work together, we can get there. And John and I have been able to do that. With that, I'll introduce John. Yeah, first let me uh, thank you for the invitation, for, for having me here. This is the first time I've been here. I'll tell you, I could get used to this steak and eggs or this <laughs> eggs and bacon uh, for breakfast. It's good to be here uh, with Jim and uh, with Pat and Richard and uh, Kelly was here and, and others uh, that have been part of our group. I think. To understand where I come from in terms of this group, I think it's important to understand the state that I represent, uh, which is the state of Delaware. For the longest time, uh, Delaware was a center-right leaning state, right? The DuPont Company has been the, the foundation of the economy for over 200 years, uh, very much a, a, a Republican leaning uh, workforce there. Uh, but since 2000, things uh, have changed uh, in terms of, in the state in terms of regi party registration. But there's always a great tradition of Democrats and Republicans working together. Many of you know, I'm sure, my predecessor in the House, Mike Castle, who uh, was very well thought of. I remember when I first came here and I introduced myself to my Democratic colleagues. They would ask me invariably, um, "Who did I replace?" And, and I would say, "Well, I replaced Mike Castle." Oh, we love Mike Castle. And I would tell that story at home, and Mike invariably would follow me to the podium, and he'd say, you know, Carney tells that story. Part of my problem was I had too many Democrats liking me, not enough Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, he, he lost in a primary for Senate to, uh, to Christine O'Donnell. But, so the state, there's an expectation, frankly, that Democrats and Republicans work together. We have a tradition in our state called Return Day. And at return day, it's the Thursday after the, the Tuesday election uh, every two years. And it's held in uh, the county seat in the lower county in Georgetown. Many of you, I'm sure, have been to Sussex County, to the beaches of Rehoboth or Dewey, or most of the people I, I meet here in, in Washington tell me that they met their spouse or significant other at a party in Dewey Beach. <laughs> <laughs> so they've been to the state of Delaware. Uh, but we have this great celebration, and at the end of it, where the winners and the losers in the elections from two days before have to ride in horse-drawn carriages around the town, and they gather in the circle afterwards. And at the very end of that ceremony, they have bands and you know all kinds of things. The, the parade goes on for a couple of hours. But at the very end, there's a ceremony where the Republican chairman for the county and the Democratic chairman and the third-party chairs gather at the, on the podium, and they take a hatchet. And they put it in a box and they bury, they actually bury the hatchet with sand from Dewey Beach. And obviously it is, uh, 
it's symbolic for sure, but the, the idea is, look, we're Democrats and Republicans, yes, but before anything else, we're Delawareans. Now is the time that campaigns are over, and put our differences aside and go work for the people of our state. And it's a tradition that, frankly, has been successful. There was a time in our state where things were not in very good shape uh, in the economy back in the, in the 70s. And Pete DuPont, uh, I'm sure many of you know, Pete was just elected as governor in 1976. And that first state-of-the-state uh, first -state, uh, address, he declared that the state was bankrupt. And of course, a week later, he was summoned to Wall Street to explain just exactly what he meant by bankrupt. Uh, and the state's credit rating, of course, was dropped to the lowest uh, in, in our history. And after that, uh, the, the governor proposed a budget uh, which uh, the Democrats threw out, passed their own budget. The governor vetoed that budget, and then the, the uh, Democrats, which controlled both uh, the House and the Senate in those days, passed their own budget over the veto using their own re revenue estimates. Well, it was a complete and utter disaster. The state was had, uh, the credit rating was the lowest in the country. Uh, they passed a budget that really didn't balance if you used uh, actual revenue estimates. And so the governor and the Democratic leaders got together and said, we can't, we can't continue to do this. And from the, those, that, those early days, probably 1977, 78, uh, Democrats and Republicans started to work together. The Republicans took control of the House in 1984. And for the longest time in my public service, uh, for the that all the time in my public service, there was a split government in Delaware where the, the Republicans controlled the House, the Democrats controlled the Senate, and then we had a Democrat or Republican governor, Mike Castle, Republican Tom Harper, a Democrat. And so, by definition, the Democrats and the Republicans had to work together to get something done. My job, working for then Governor Carper as his deputy chief of staff initially, and then as the secretary of finance, was to help negotiate all the budget tax uh, agreements that, that we had during that period of time. So it became part of the way I did business to work with folks on the other side. Jim explained exactly uh, how we got together. Both of us were frustrated, frankly, with the way committee hearings were going, where people were just reading a bunch of talking points which were designed to, frankly, uh, embarrass or um, <laughs> make the other side mad. And, Successfully, I might add. So Jim and I decided we, we had breakfast together. And we decided we wanted to do something differently. Actually, my my uh, activity working uh, with the other side started prior to that with my colleague uh, Pat Meehan before we were even sworn in. Pat, of course, represents the district right over the line in, in southeastern Pennsylvania from the state of Delaware. Actually, most of the people, including my parents, uh, that live in the community in which I grew up uh, came from Pat's district. They came to Delaware to escape the higher taxes up where Pat is. <laughs> lower taxes down in Delaware. And so we ha I have hundreds of people who live in Delaware who work at the Boeing facility in Pat's district. And before we were even sworn in, Pat and I, I took a tour of the Boeing facility together and we've worked to strengthen that employment center and, and many uh, in the region because they, you know, there is no D or R around a job, <laughs> right, that our constituents uh, want and, and need. And so we put a lot of effort into to that. 
But our group, we first started really just, we had one basic rule, and that was we were only going to talk about the things around which we could agree. We didn't talk much at the beginning, <laughs> uh, frankly. Uh, but since then, it has really evolved with the, the members that come regularly, and we have a pretty broad spectrum. It's not just centrist Democrats or centrist Republicans. I mean, we have Peter Welch who comes and is a member who's pretty far on the left, and we have, uh, I don't know who the most conservative, Kelly's pretty conservative, uh, on the other side, you know, kind of on the right. Uh, but we've learned to uh, understand and respect one another. And now, instead of being silent at the beginning of the meetings, we really do talk about whatever is the hottest issue of the day. And so when the, um, you know, the fiscal cliff uh, issue came up, when, when we were dealing with the, the government shutdown, our, our group was rolling up our sleeves trying to figure out, okay, what can we do to come up with agreement to move this thing, thing forward? Frankly, it has been a tremendously positive relationship. And uh, I value my relationship with Jim and the members of our group as much as anything. I feel like I'm actually uh, able to do something. Jim talked a lot about the unemployment uh, uh, bill that, that he worked on and that we've gotten behind, that, is, that we've been shopping with uh, secretaries of labor across the country. I work with Larry Bouchon, who's another very valuable member of our group, on a bill to address uh, cancer drug and other prescription drug shortages which exist across the country. Larry, as you may know, is a physician. His wife is an anesthesiologist. He knows a lot about it. And we were able to get a number of provisions in that legislation, which Sheila helped me on, in the PDUFA bill, which passed some time ago. So we're, we really are, consider ourselves problem solvers. Uh, and that's really what we do. It's been a great relationship. Uh, and I appreciate the opportunity to be with all of you this morning to talk about it. John uh, even came out to my district, and we did a joint town hall together. And that's fun, to go to somebody else's district and not be responsible for anything that happens That's really fun. You can really create some mischief doing that. I was under my best behavior. But, but I remember him saying, this is going to be fun because it doesn't matter. They're not going to vote for me. It actually turned out to be a very good event. Ultimately, this group, again, is working on a lot of other bills. We have a lot of veterans' bills that we've already brought to the floor and passed. Um, we're working on a financial statement issue, which uh, should be very interesting this year together. And uh, we're going to continue to uh, move this group forward. And I guess we're open for questions. Great. great. Ed, uh, you did such a great job introducing uh, our two special guests this morning. You can either ask or pass. Okay, I'll ask. Uh, within the context of tax reform, for example, um, are there discrete areas within the reform initiatives that are underway? What's interesting, I'll, I'll start first on that because one of the things about ways and means is we've, we've, we've been told we have to keep the tax reform and what we're doing very close to the, the belt, and we have. And, that, and for that reason, a lot of staff doesn't know what's going on. And my friend John probably doesn't know much what's going on either. But, and he won't tell me. <laughs> but... Um, I do think there are going to be some things uh, when this package is introduced. And the, and the goal is going to be, it, it, it was bipartisan. Um, I give Chairman Camp a lot of credit for bringing in both sides to try and go through a lot of the issues. Um, 
there are still some things that we may disagree on, but ultimately I do believe that both sides will agree, and I'll let John um, confirm or deny this, but mo both parties will agree we need a simpler, fairer tax code. And we need one, we need a tax code that can, um, you know, improve, move the economy forward and grow the economy. And I think if we stick to that, we have some agreement, and ultimately I think the package that comes out will do that. Yeah, it is an area that we don't talk much about because of Jim's uh, position on the committee. I do think um, that there are ways that uh, both sides can talk about it and, and, and come to some agreement. It is an area, I think, where there are significant differences between both parties, and there's got to be a lot of give and take, right? So I remember at the beginning of the year on New Year's Day when the Vice President came into our caucus to explain the, you know, the fiscal cliff deal. And there was a lot of stuff that was explained that people were horrified with on our, you know, and then there were, but there were things that were in the package that they really liked, right? So I think that's in some ways the nature of those, those kinds of things. I think the most, probably the most important work that we're doing now or we're about to enter into is many of us are part of a, of a group that's called Fix the Debt. I don't know if there are anybody in here that's part of that, uh, that group. And they've, um, with Maya McGinnis uh, from the Center for Responsible Federal Budget, they've come up with a whole list of ideas to, mm -hmm. to narrow the gap, to do things more efficiently, to save money, to, you know, all these kinds of things, right? And we've, we, we already had one session where we had about five Democrats, five Republicans. It was a weather day, so people were late. I forget what, what exactly was going on. There, but this is really hard. I mean, we learned right off the bat, like take a couple things in Medicare, like combining part A and part B, right, and the deductibles and whatever. And we're going around the table, and we got Dr. Bouchon there, and he's talking about, well, yeah, you can't do that because then that'll put pressure on the, the provider, the professionals, and you know, blah blah blah. And so you learn really quickly where these fault lines are and where the where the really hard stuff is. And to me, that's incredibly helpful. Because it's easy for me to think about, oh, I can balance this budget, yeah, but I'm not the only guy <laughs> that makes the decision on it, right? You've got you to get agreement on a, a broad uh, spectrum of, of folks um, in the House and, and, and certainly in the Senate. So to me, that's going to be uh, as productive work as we'll be doing over the next several months. I'm, we've kind of charged each member to go back with their staff and go through each individual items so they understand exactly what the proposal is. Part of the problem is, in the House, of course, we just get served up these deals and it's kind of take it or leave it. You can't really, you feel like you don't have any input on individual uh, pieces of it. This way, we feel like we can better understand what we need to do. There are some pretty obvious things that we're not doing that could save the country a ton of money and we're just not doing it that, that would make a lot of sense, just common sense. I would just like to make a comment. I think some of us in this room were around. We were really young, but nineteen-eighty-six <laughs> Tax Act. And what you all are doing is exactly what happened then with Packwood and Bradley and Rostenkowski and Bill Frenzel and what have you. And it took that gestation period quite a bit of time till it happened. But it was major when it did. So I applaud you because you're on the right track. Thanks very much. Yes, any thought of taking your coalition idea and go by camel? <laughs> it's hard enough to do in the house. <laughs> we really haven't thought about what, 
I think we spend more of our time focusing on how we can keep our group together and grow it and make it stronger. I mean, it's a really difficult difficult commitment uh, because we we meet early in the morning, generally before the day starts, like at eight o'clock or something, almost like this morning. Um, but we have some really we have members that are really they make sure that they come every one of our members is uh, Bill Allen from New York is is leaving us. So we're going to lose him. I think somebody else in our group is, is leaving as well. So that's the focus. Our focus is how do we expand it. If, if you remember going back to the government shutdown days, there, there was a group that Charlie Dent and Ron Kine, you know, most of our members were part of that. There were about 40 in that group, 20 and 20 as I recall. And um, I think it's, it's important to really strengthen our group. We're not really where we want to be quite yet. Um, we have a very solid core was represented here in the room today mm -hmm. um, and we need to, to I think take it to another uh, con continue to take it to another level in terms of the, the things that we talk about the uh, issues we try to wrestle with and we've really made a lot of progress I think just in, in that in the, in the short time that we've been doing this. Thank you. Yeah. No I would agree that the biggest problem uh, John alluded to that during the shutdown when we had 30 or 40 people in a room 50 people in a room is you can't get anything done in an hour because right. you've got too many people all, and then you think you have something and somebody says, well, I don't like that. So what we've tried to do is really solidify a core group. A lot of people wonder why we don't grow this group, but we're trying to solidify it to maybe a solid 12, and we're probably there right now, a solid group of 12 members who can agree to move <coughs> things forward. Once we do that, we can talk about maybe adding people or going by camera or whatever, but at this point, the goal really is to have a good, solid group of members. When you when you open it up, because I hear that all the time, but there's so many other members that want to be part of it. A lot of people want to be a part of it so they can say they're working in a bipartisan fashion. John and I really want to make sure we are doing bipartisan things. And I think that as you as the group grows or as you spread your wings, you lose that. And um, that's what we've really been working with over the last two years. And people want to do that because, frankly, in a lot of our districts, some districts doesn't work. It's what people want to see. You know, they say, why can't you guys just work together? You know, everybody kind of under anybody who's married or in any kind of relationship to remember knows that it's a kind of a two-way street, right? So um, they get it, and they they when they get frustrated, they feel like things aren't getting done. They want they want folks to work. At least that's the the, the dominant uh, feedback that I get. And so we do get members, I think, who are hearing that at home and want to be part of it. But we want people who are really to really roll up their sleeves and do the tough sledding, and it's hard. Because we just we don't agree on a lot of things, right? So you got to find ways to cut through that. You got to find ways to, and I think that we've started with the most important part, which is to respect one another for the difference of, of opinions and different experiences that we bring to the table. <laughs> and once you get that, then you you you're not as dismissive of somebody's idea or approach to a problem. Uh, you try to find out, okay, how can we work through this? This is something I want to work with. How do, how do, you, how do you skin the cat differently? I don't know if this is a question or comment, perhaps more of a comment, but one of the things that I've observed, having had similar tenure to the young lady over there. I'm much uh, younger, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that this, this penchant for if we can't fix everything, then we can't do anything. And maybe your group is a group that can uh, help kind of break through that that fog, you know, because it seems like there's a bunch of little things that we can do. Let's, I think about the book, the movie Moneyball. You know, let's, you can't always have the grand slam. You know, 
know, so you got to get on base, you know, work, shuffle around, get a run. And we don't do that, like tax reform or immigration or all these kind of issues. We either have to solve everything or we're not moving. And, uh, you know, we used to do a lot of incremental stuff, you know, back in the 80s and the, in the well, I think you're exactly right. From my perspective, if we weren't able to do the, some of the smaller things that uh, that we've been able to do, I'd throw up my hands and go home and try to and do something where I feel like I was being more productive. Because otherwise, you don't feel like you're doing anything, you know. Uh, but we've been able to. I mentioned the the drug shortages stuff. That's an important issue. It's not a, not on anybody's radar screen, political radar screen, but it's a problem that needs to be solved. There are hundreds, thousands of those things out there. Pat's worked on the uh, the drug courts for veterans. I mean, we have a big problem with veterans returning with 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 real mental health issues, right? Well, there are different ways of dealing with that. Pat's been championing that in, in his area, and those kinds of ideas they come up to our committee, and we we try to work on them and uh, put them into to action. But you're exactly right. I mean, you, if you try to do all the big stuff, many of us on the group were for the grand bargain, and you know, you realize. It ain't gonna happen. Let's work on small pieces. And you know, we've kind of nickel and dimed our way to, to some real you know, progress on that. I think that's gotta be the goal. And I would agree with you. One thing I've learned in three years in Washington is um, you're right, it's either all or nothing, and then you get this big package and there's stuff thrown in it. There are so many little things we can do together, and uh, that's one of the things we've been able to do as a group, and we're gonna continue to do. Um, that doesn't mean in the future we won't have a, a home run issue, but I think what we've agreed over the last three years, two and a half years, is to continue to get singles and doubles and then um, find that right moment to hit the hit the home run. I mean, the unemployment thing that Jim talked about is a great example, a very pragmatic way to, to use unemployment funds to help a small business bring a, bring it, actually bring an employee back, give them on-the-job training, as opposed to just getting the, the check, you know, and sitting at home. It's very pragmatic. It's things, there's a there's already an existing option in the law that states can use, and, and all the state people that we've talked about have been very encouraged about it. They, there are some barriers that prevented it from taking off, but, you know, something that we've worked on together and that will really make a difference. Okay. Last question, anyone? Well, since you don't have one, I do, um, <laughs> looking at the immigration report, Pundits are now saying there's a 20% chance that we'll get it done because it's too immense, the house is too divided. What do you guys think, and, and I know you've started talking about it in your group, uh, is there a possibility of doing it in the piecemeal way that the speaker has proposed, of taking the, as opposed to one omnibus immigration bill, or do you think uh, this too is an impossible task? Well, in our group, we have actually had meetings on immigration, and, and uh, we've had some very good meetings uh, because there are some important issues on immigration. We, we, we educate some of the smartest people in the world, and then they end up going back to other countries. I mean, just some of these issues that we see, we know we need border security. So I actually believe, um, from the House standpoint, that if we take immigration in a piecemeal approach, uh, not what the Senate did, but uh, um, look at some of these issues that we've had brought up to us in our group, but at the same time looking at border security and all the piecemeal ideas that uh, Representative Goodlatte is working on, I think we have an option of being able to um, get some immigration reform done, and I think that's the key to getting it done. There's always going to be people in the House that say no, um, and uh, I think we'll have to get past that on both sides no matter what we do, but I do think there's some good common sense ground we can forge. 
Yeah, I would just agree with that. And in our in our group, uh, we've talked a lot about it. There are, you know, I would say the majority of the different issues that come up, uh, we can reach some some agreement or some accommodation. The big issue, of course, is status in terms of citizenship or whatever status prior to that, how long and what what have you. That's the hardest part, I guess. And it gets bogged down because it becomes uh, an all or nothing kind of proposition. Mm -hmm. But all you know, there are several other pieces that that could get done. Um, I guess the question at the end of the day is, do you then, what do you do then with, you know, the question of status? And that's that's a tough one for for those who are here, you know, illegally, right? Mm -hmm. 